number two of Sports Talk begins. It's Tuesday. That means it's time for Vince Ferrara as he sits in for this hour. Vince, how are you? I'm good. Break out the band, the uh, fireworks. What what else do I normally get for uh, for my time here? It's all right there. Uh, you get uh, a whole stack of attaboys. <laughs> well, that's how we normally get paid anyway. So. Sure enough. <laughs> and uh, right now, though, it, it's trailing just behind Bitcoin in terms of serviceable <laughs> currency. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, at least there's a, there's some coupons floating around the building, so yes. we can compensate in that way. The broadcast industry is awash in attaboys. <laughs> but uh, all kinds of things going on. Why don't we start first with a, a little Tennessee basketball. We lead in tonight to Lady Vols basketball as the ranked Tennessee Lady Vols play host to Stetson. You have the Tennessee Volunteers ranked in both polls that are in action tomorrow night and coming off a very nice win and a solid performance in Toronto with uh, the victory over Washington. They actually took the Husky spot in the Associated Press at number 20, and they enter the coaches' poll at 17. What is it like to uh, to see these two teams get off to good starts when you look at both going through significant transitions? The Lady Vols, obviously, with the head coaching position, with Kelly Harper returning to the program and, and also a new staff, and then for the Volunteers, um, you've got four guys that are playing on pro contracts right now that uh, you've had to replace. But what do you think of the starts for both Vols and Lady Vols in this early going? I think it's encouraging. Doesn't guarantee you uh, a ton moving forward, but it is a nice step. And both of them have the parallel of having one really noteworthy win along with maybe a one or two sloppy wins where Fair point. you know kind of kind of sluggish or ugly at times. But both I, coaches, plenty to remind the team you need to do better here. That's right, and it's it's a it's a different dynamic with what the coaches you kind of alluded to and and what they're having to to deal with. But there's a lot of new for both, and you know for the men, I, I was very impressed by what they did against Washington. They were able to keep them at arm's length throughout the entire broadcast, throughout the entire game, and then you saw Josiah Jordan James have his best game so far uh rick barnes alluded to a big three-pointer that he made when washington had gotten to within seven points that was one where he was well off the three-point line but it was just it was still within the offense it was a, a shot that he is capable of making and was confident enough uh to to take and make and then also when he got that steal in the backcourt and he was able to make a play and create and lean on a defender. I think we're as he gets more comfortable and gets back in the flow from missing all that time in, in the summer. I think we kind of underestimated. I don't know if it was if it was Rick Barnes the way he talked about it, or you know, media day the way Josiah Jordan James. Everybody kind of downplayed it. I thought a little bit. Now it's becoming more and more of a reason why he has had the slower start. Uh, so I, I think we will see him get more and more comfortable. So that was good. And then Eve Pons continues to impress. Uh, 15, 19, and 15 now. He did it in different ways. Against Murray State, he hit timely three-pointers. This game, it was more of that those mid-range jumpers and around the rim. Continues to be very good and athletic defensively. Uh, I love John Fulkerson's energy. He's one where you don't always get the, his impact that he's having right now is not in the stat sheet. Some of the things are there, but not everything. I I really love the energy he's bringing to this team, John. Yeah, I thought the biggest intangible from Saturday was the fact he didn't get in foul trouble. That's true. Stay on the floor, and then I played seven players. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think in, in the way they ran the offense against that zone, which Barnes mentioned to Sean Farnham that, yeah, Washington runs the same kind of zone we do when we do some zones. So we work against it and we know what to do. But they were flashing different guys in the middle of that zone uh, in that open space, which is the way to beat it. And they weren't just doing it with a big. They would do it with Jordan Bowden. They'd do it with Pons. They'd do it with Fulkerson. And those guys were making shots from that free throw line, that empty space. So really liked a lot of what I saw from that from that team. I, I was very impressed by the win. If you have a question or comment to uh, join the conversation with Vince Ferrara as he's with us this hour, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Vince, well, I think that Pons has been the most surprising player so far for Tennessee. I think Jordan Bowden's been the best player. I agree. And I think this is some of what Rick Barnes has wanted to pull out of him the last couple of years. But look, Jordan Bowden rightfully deferred a lot of times. Maybe there were some other times where he wanted uh, Jordan Bowden to, to break him out of, of, some, of some funk scoring droughts here and there. But now I think Bowden feels that comfort and that responsibility to have to be a scorer and have that scorer's mentality Jimmy, I think you're going to see Jordan Bowden at times, maybe out of necessity, one, two, out of the fact or or for the fact that he's able to, I think you're going to see numerous 30-point games from Jordan Bowden this year. And they're probably going to need it at times because you you have him and, and Turner you know when when does decide Jordan James when does the offense kick into where maybe there's times where he can take over a ball game i think he has the ability to take o, to to create his own shot and i think they're going to need more of that you know turner is a slasher and he can create his own shot and obviously is a is a good perimeter shooter bowden spends a lot of time on the perimeter for a bulk of his points but I think they're still going to need someone in that mid-range that can can play inside or out and get them some more points. I think they're going to need at least another third scorer. And yes, Pons has given you that to this point. How can he sustain that to where you can go to him for for offense that you need versus offense that's available right now, which I think is the case. Well, with Bowden, I think at times he in his career he's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Shows up some games, not others. But when he's at his best, he's really good. As uh, Rick Barnes said yesterday, typically Bowden picks up the other player's best perimeter guy. Mm-hmm. Not always Turner, it's Bowden. Uh, and he also said Bowden uh, he can his, can play at the next level, which I wasn't sure I thought that until I've seen him this year. I just want to know if he can – look, he's not going to average 20 points a game. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if he can be that consistent, consistently good player to where his – his bad games are 10 or 12 points, not two or four. Do you see any comparison? They're not the same size. I think this guy's a little bit bigger, but do you see some comparisons in the their career development and some of their game to Jordan McRae? <laughs> I was thinking of somebody else. Um, maybe a little bit. I, I don't. Maybe. Um, I was thinking more along... Uh, and this is a different kind of guy. I don't think McCray was a defensive player. Bowden is. Okay? I agree. I was thinking more Josh Richardson, a guy that got better, that played really good defense, and his offense just kept getting better. Right. And so maybe Bowden's in between McCray and Richardson, but he's a better defensive player. So I, I thought more of Richardson 
than I did McRae when you were started your comparison. Yeah, and yeah, you could you could say you know maybe not quite as as tall as McRae, maybe not quite the defender of Richardson, but still a very good defender. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite the offensive. There, just a little bit yeah. off of those. Yeah. But I like your I like your blend of the two. I yeah. think there's something there. Yeah. Let's get a call from Steve. Stephen, you're on Sports Talk. Hello, Stephen. Stephen, you there? Hello? Let's put Stephen on hold and go to Roger. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Roger. Well, well hey, 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 Don. Hey, Don. Jimmy Vince. Hey, how y'all doing this afternoon? Doing good, Roger. Doing well. How are you? Good, Roger. Then fine. Uh, let's get talk to y'all. I just want to ask you first. Uh, ask you, Vince or John, uh, I'm not sure which one would know, but uh, both might know. But question I asked him about it. But 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 no sense of place. That's what I just want to ask you. You know, if it's at Central or is it South Doyle? South Doyle. Yeah. It's at South Doyle. Oh, is that South Doyle? Yes. Okay. See now, um, what's interesting what is when that bracket came yeah. out, it looked like Central yeah. would be the home team, but when you have teams from the same region that meet deeper into the playoffs, then it goes back to how they finished in their region as to who gets the home game. South Doyle being the region champ, they host the Bobcats. Yeah, that caught me off guard also. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what I think. I also just want to ask you about the game-wise. Vance and John, John, I know y'all covered, I know, uh, I know you covered one game, so I just want to ask you uh, first, Vance, about, uh, Vance, how you think, uh, you think, uh, how you said, how you said, I'm going to tell you right now, it might be another kind of early in the week, but that's why I ask you how you think, how you see Tensel doing, Tensel doing, doing that, that game. Boy, it's going to be, it's going to be close. Uh, Central, obviously in the postseason, has turned it back up after a rough end to the regular season. And that's what Bryson Rosser does. He coaches, they coach their, uh, their teams, they get their, the best out, out of their teams late in the year. You know, I, I didn't see yeah. South Doyle with Mason Brang last week. They won, I think, twenty-eight to twelve, and so I kind of thought they would maybe be a little bit more explosive if they had a fully healthy Mason Brang. But he may be one to just yeah. sort of be managing his way through. If they can throw the football to go with Elijah Young, that is that's a a tough offense to stop. So, but I think yeah. Central's experience in the postseason. Uh, and and how they're able to get the most out of those kids at the right time is going to make it tough. I, I think that's going to be. I think both games, the West Powell game that uh, Don Mahoney and I are doing, and then John's game with Rob Demastis uh, uh, with Central at South Doyle uh, on ninety nine point one. I think both of those games are going to be one score type of games going down to the end, and that's obviously going to be a lot of fun and really entertaining. But I think all these four teams, John, are. Are that close? Yeah, they are, and uh, and I do think yeah. that if you were going to take one of those four teams or the four that are in the other side of the bracket, I believe the five A championship is going to remain in Knoxville. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I got. It. And I also want to ask you about the game. Uh, you say Vince, you say John is Kelvin, Kelvin, Kelvin at game. Yes, not correct. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll have oh. West at Powell on AM 990, and we'll have Central at South Doyle on 99.1. Okay. Is it on TV? You know if it's on TV, TV or not, John? No, the TV game is going to be West at Powell. Okay. 
I got you. And also, that's why I asked about the, uh, I asked you, Vince, about, uh, Vince, I know, uh, no man probably, uh, probably the past Saturday night afternoon, uh, up in, uh, against Watson, they won a game. That's why I asked you, Vince, and John and Jimmy, uh, Vince, too, uh, would, would y'all have, uh, I was really, I was really, they were real good. I was, I was impressed how they played. Uh, take it, would, would, would y'all impress how, would y'all impress how, 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 was impressed, simply for the fact, and Roger, we do appreciate the call. Jimmy, you talked about it with Rob Lewis yesterday. You, you look at the size advantage that Washington had going in, the fact that the Huskies were a ranked team. Now, Tennessee was the favorite, so the odds makers were on Tennessee's side, but still, it really didn't look like the most favorable matchup when you consider what you look at the strengths of Tennessee were versus the strengths of Washington. No, I thought that was a bad matchup for Tennessee. Now, the counter to that, as Rob Lewis pointed out, you saw veteran guards going against a younger team, and and uh, so I, I think that was helpful to Tennessee. I think James played his best game at Tennessee. Fulkerson did a nice job, as Vince was pointing out, the things that he contributed with his energy. Uh, I was really impressed at Tennessee. They shot five of eight on threes in the first half. They had a good shooting percentage on threes for the game, and that offset the fact they got out-rebounded by 10. But that was a really nice win for Tennessee because I think Washington's a good team and will continue to get better with the young guys they have. Vince? I thought Tennessee was just very smart overall offensively. I, I like the number of three-point shots at 13. This this team is capable of shooting more and making a high percentage. I think there'll be some games like that. But because of what Washington was doing, uh, Tennessee responded to that, and they were taking a lot more two-point shots and finding holes, penetrating it through the zone, passing uh, with bounce passes in through defenders in the zone. Just very intelligent, fundamental basketball with 42-point shots and 13 three-point shots. I, I think they handled themselves really well. Uh, well, the one thing that was that was very interesting is they didn't use the bench very much. Total of seven players. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that that's not something that Rick Barnes ideally would move forward with. Agreed. So... Uh, we'll see. Uh, Devonte Gaines. I don't know if they're just giving him some more time to get his hand healthy, or or maybe Gaines just was pressing too much in their opinion or what. But I I think he will be one to work his way in. And I wonder if once healthy, Drew Pember would get into the the rotation a little bit also. Yeah, uh, mentioned those players specifically yesterday, but he also said that opportunities and minutes on game day will be earned in practice. Right. One thing I thought, too, is that Barnes, I think he looked at that as being a really important non-conference game for Tennessee's resume. Mm-hmm. And the way it was playing out, stick with what got you there. Yeah, And you're playing well. You don't need to throw in a lot of subs and, and maybe mess up any of the chemistry. The, so. the, but so, it really shows a nice level of trust already for Olivier Kumwa. Yes. He, he, was, he was a minus one plus minus. Jalen Johnson was a zero and plus minus. All the starters, double-digit pluses and plus-minus. So they were playing well enough mm-hmm. to earn their opportunity there. And as you mentioned, guys like Fulkerson weren't in foul trouble as well. Uh, and obviously, against Alabama State, you're going to see a whole lot of guys get some minutes in that game. That's Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. 656-9900 is how you join us. 656-9900 allows you to join the conversation on 991 The Sports Animal. You want peace and quiet? Better look somewhere else. 99.1, the sports animal.
656-9900 is how you join us. 656-9900 puts you on Sports Talk with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Vince Ferrara sitting in this hour, as he does on Tuesdays. We've tried to change the locks on the door. He keeps finding a way into the studio. Vince, what's going on these days? And, uh, and of course, you greatly encourage people to, uh, to make it a daily part of their routine, a part of their daily routine, to go to 991thesportsanimal.com. Yeah, in, uh, in just a matter of moments, uh, we will have all the videos up from today. Talk to seven different Tennessee football players. Uh, some of the, the veterans are there, Trey Smiths, Nigel Warriors. People will be able to, to hear a lot of that audio today and, and this week with you guys here on Sports Talk. But you can get all those video interviews, and then uh, there's you know, tons of, of blogs. I put up my interview with Paul Biancardi uh, that Jimmy and I played on Friday. Where it, Great picture on the Facebook post. <laughs> I appreciate it. it Paisan, I found some good good time poses with him and couldn't find one with any cannoli or, or drinking wine or anything. But uh, I got some from ESPN, so that was cool. Uh, so, yeah, he was fantastic, and you can hear what he had to say about those three big-time uh, signees for Tennessee basketball in the fourth-ranked class. ESPN has them ranked what all, all the other big, uh, all the other recruiting uh, sites do as well. So you can get those interviews. That's also in Vincenzo's View podcast, yep, sure which enough. you can get on uh, Apple or Google. And um, and then you know blogs. Joel does a regular blog. Jimmy's uh, pumping out blogs regularly. A lot of content on a daily basis. All the shows tab. T- the show tab has every show, whether it's seasonal or regular weekday shows that has the podcast feature in there, so you can get all of the audio that we're doing. And uh, just uh, you can download the app. There's so many. A lot of national sports. Just a, an unbelievable amount of daily content on the Vols. At ninety nine one the sportsanimal dot com. Let's talk to Paul. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Paul. Hi, John. I know you saw him play Cade Larkins at David Crockett. What were your impressions of him? And why was, why do you think he was not recruited higher than he was? Well, uh, only I I do know that he's had an incredible career. He's been a record setting quarterback as far as. I have just the one game to see, and it looked like he was pressing a little bit at the start. Then you saw exactly the uh, the arm talent that people have talked about. Um, so not knowing who he who has looked at him, uh, I wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable enough to say here's why he wasn't recruited uh, to a greater degree. Um, but I was impressed, and I, I really liked the fight that David Crockett had at the start of the game. They really, they really controlled the first half, and then Central took over in the second half. Okay, uh, he, you know he did commit to ETSU, and I, I don't know if he did the camp, uh, camp scene over the summer, and I, I wondered if that was one reason he wasn't recruited higher, maybe than he was. Uh, could very well be. Again, all I know is I, I had the season stats. I, I, didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of a deep dive into exactly what his recruiting has been. But, again, I do know that he's had a fantastic career, and, and I, I think ETSU got themselves a good one. Vince, do you have any thoughts? Oh, I, 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 I think they did, too. I, I would have liked to see him going to, to a larger school, but I'm glad he did. I'm a graduate from ETSU, so I'm glad he's going there. I saw him once last year in the postseason. I think we did uh, one of his games, and uh, it was a similar type of thing where you could see the arm talent, but 
you know, the results and the big numbers weren't necessarily there. I wonder if maybe in some of the bigger games he hasn't had as prolific of performances. That that's just a guess. So, you know, it's um it, it's hard to say, but you could definitely see the arm talent when you watch him play. His twenty four seven profile lists him as six one two oh eight and he runs a five in terms yeah. of the forty. So I I, I think perhaps some of the measurables took him out of consideration for probably quite a few. Right. Okay. Uh, what's your opinion on the Elizabethan and uh, Greenville game this weekend? Boy, that should be an incredible matchup. Uh, you've got Greenville right back there, and uh, I know this. It's been something to watch Anderson County and Greenville be the rivalry it was, and I, for one, thought this year was for sure the year that the Mavericks were going to get the Green Devils, but there's Greenville doing what Greenville does in the playoffs. Even though it's a new head coach, and Jimmy, all kinds of change in that program, they got a big win. They uh, they really limited a talented Anderson County team last week, and then Elizabeth is just sailing right along. I think it's going to be one of the best games in the state. No ballers, but still the- bullish. They're really good. Yes. Uh, that's, a, that's a good football team, and they've got a lot of um, – uh, history there, and I think when you you've played in a program that wins a lot like that, I think there's some carryover effect. That's the expectation there. Well, I went to the first game, and I believe Greenville may have a slightly better team, but uh, I think the home field advantage played off for Elizabeth in the first game. Hopefully, it will the second game. Yeah, um, the Cyclones undefeated, and uh, and Greenville just the two losses this year, so. It uh, it should be a whole lot of fun, and uh, and who knows? It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the winner of that game doesn't go on to win the 4A title. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, sure do appreciate it, Paul. Thank you. Vince, uh, in terms of uh, Tennessee, we had the chance to get the interviews today. I thought one of the more interesting interviews came from Nigel Warrior because mm-hmm. we asked him about how over the last six games are you playing your best football, and he said no. Now, I think he is trying to say, hey, I can play better. Yes. But I don't think there's any doubt his last six games have been the best six-game stretch of his career at Tennessee. Yeah, because he, he later referenced the, something to the effect of, well, it wasn't better then and talking something about the past when he they were asking him about the past. Well, you know, I wasn't playing better at the time. but So I think that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. It, it, it Not that... He's played better at any any other time, but that he can play better. He had a little bit of an edge uh, to him that hey, we we're we can't just be satisfied with us getting back uh, getting out of this hole and getting to five and five. That we need to keep finishing stronger. I wonder how much of that is him and how much of it is maybe Jeremy Pruitt leaning on him. You're a leader. I need you to be on edge and make sure. That these guys aren't resting on their on their success, and uh, and they continue to to work to clean things up and get better. He's not a perfect player, but I don't think there's any doubt he's playing the best he has in the Tennessee uniform. Well, he had one interception in his career earning this year. He's got four. Yeah, and the one was the pick six against Missouri a couple of years ago. But also, just from the tackling standpoint, I think he's doing a good job there. I used to think he was a little bit of a liability in pass coverage, mm-hmm. but I don't see that anymore. He's also not just interceptions, but he's also got a number of PBUs as well. Right. And he was almost good for one time a game, getting his hands on a ball and not intercepting it, where you're like, man, that was a missed opportunity there. It's not the case anymore. He He's not getting picked on in pass coverage when he, when – 
oftentimes the safeties have to be able to cover, whether it's a slot or an outside receiver. If someone comes in on a blitz, or you just do a lot of stuff late, and you have to be able to cover. He 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 got he get picked on I think in the past where that's that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. At least he acknowledged that he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. <laughs> you know I wanted to ask him today. He <laughs> joked in the postseason at, in the post game at Kentucky that he needed to get newer shoes yeah. because apparently those are too big and why are you stepping out of bounds? But I didn't get a chance <laughs> to ask him if he got those new shoes or not. <laughs> that's Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. We'll get a break and be back with more. This is Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Vince Ferrara sitting in for hour number two of Sports Talk with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. 656-9900 is how you join us. Ethan is up next. Hello, Ethan. Hey, John. Hi. Jimmy, Vince, thank you. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Ethan. Um, So I was just calling in. I wanted to ask uh, what's your thoughts on Vanderbilt kind of doubling down with Derek Mason today. They they committed, I I won't say long-term, but at least through next season with them. And what does that at least bode for us Tennessee fans, and and how does that shape their outlook? Because they they've got the they got the record on us right now, but we definitely want to get back to beating Vanjie. Well, it's interesting. So I'd say a little bit surprising. I wouldn't say shocking. I didn't think it was a an absolute that they were going to part ways with him. But I think I thought it was definitely on the table. Now, what it means, I don't know. Maybe behind, maybe. Back channels kind of gauge what the interest in that job might be, and maybe there wasn't what some people might have thought uh, that that uh, you know who they could bring in. But I, you know, I I'm there's a chance that the Tennessee series is uh, you know has a little factor in that because they've had success. Um, I don't know, Jimmy. I, I you know we I like Derek Mason. He's he's uh, you know so uh, available to the media. Uh, I think he's he's a coach that can in, that inspires players. He's obviously had some good years and success in state, but for whatever reason this year it, it has bottomed out. What'd you think of that? Well, personally, I like him a lot, so I'm I'm sort of glad that he's staying in the league. From Vanderbilt's perspective, he's got two things going for him. One, he's beaten Tennessee three in a row, mm-hmm. and he's gotten to some bowl games. Now he hadn't had the greatest record. In fact, he's never had a winning record, right, at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. even though he's been to bowl games. Correct. So uh, I, I thought as bad as they were this year that they would entertain the thought of parting ways with him because they are bad. I don't know if there's much hope for them to be a whole lot better next year, right? Because you're losing a very good running back in Vaughn. Aren't you losing Lipscomb? Mm-hmm. And you lose him, Pigney. Pigney. Yep. Yeah, almost lost him last year. Your your offense isn't any good, and you got three really good players on the offense. Your yep. quarterback situation's awful. Yep, that's what's killing you. And I don't know. There's nobody that seems to be the answer right now next year. So I think you're prolonging the inevitable by a year. Yeah, I'm surprised. Not surprised that they keep him simply for the fact that I, I think one he truly appreciates and embraces everything that goes along with being Vanderbilt's football coach, mm-hmm. but just surprised that with two games left, 
they go ahead and make this call now. I mean, you are talking about, I mean, the, the highest finish they've had is tied for fourth in the East. They've been to two bowl games. They lost both of them. And the best record he's put on a season was six and seven, which he's done twice. And no doubt about it, he's had the upper hand against Tennessee with three straight wins, which is something that hadn't happened in a, in a century, essentially. But uh, you're talking about somebody whose career mark as a head coach is 26 and 46. And I, I still, uh, I still... also follow up with a, with a follow-up question. Here. Sure. Uh, what does that necessarily say about the coaching carousel this this offseason? We've already lost Taggart and Morris. So what? What a lower program such as Vanderbilt and, and maybe even one with Arkansas. They're they're teetering right now. What What do you think that says? I'm not sure what you mean. What does it say that they're keeping Mason? Yes, with with them doubling down, does does that maybe say there's some instability out there in the in the market, or that there's just not great candidates out there possibly? I think it says uh, that Vanderbilt understands they have limitations, and they're okay, okay with what they're getting out of Mason right now, as long as they can Got beat it. Tennessee and get to bowl game every now and then. James Franklin was the outlier. He won nine games two years in a row, right? Uh, that yeah. hadn't happened at Vanderbilt since probably before 1910 or 1920s, maybe, somewhere in that time frame. So I, I think it's, hey, we think he's a good man, and, and as long as he can beat Tennessee and get the bowl game every now and then, we're okay with that. And, Ethan, as far as the numerous moves that we've seen so far around the country, uh, I, I think it's just situational. I mean, you could very well see a move at Mississippi State not necessarily Moorhead getting fired, but Moorhead maybe getting out of Dodge yeah. ahead of mm-hmm. uh, of it going even farther south. So, you know, who knows with South Carolina, with Ray Tanner's not really – I didn't think Ray Tanner really helped Will Muschamp out by giving him that very, very vague uh, uh, vote of confidence that he did. That probably didn't help him in recruiting either. So uh, we could still see some more moves, and I think you'll see – a lot more of them. I, I I don't think it's that abnormal from the past uh, because I do think you'll see a number of moves in the off season as opposed to maybe during the year. All right. Well, thank y'all, guys. Ethan, we appreciate it. Have a great night. Vince, one other thing on the South Carolina. What if Clemson beats them fifty-five nothing? What are you going to do? Right. I mean, here this is his best team. He said, mm-hmm. ill-advised that he said it because of the schedule he had. I guess you can. Say, well, I didn't have Jake Bentley. All right, how many more wins would he have been worth? One, maybe? Yeah. Probably not that many. And then you also look at just where the team is right now. They they really didn't show up against A&M, which I, I thought was a little surprising. Yeah. They, and they would have lost five of their last six if they lose to Clemson. That's a big if. Because they're <laughs> yeah. going to bring it. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to – well, uh, I shouldn't go there. Um I just think Clemson, I think that outcome could really turn the table for him if if they just destroy him. But John and I talked about this before. Why in the world would you say, with the schedule he was facing, this is my best team at South Carolina? Why would you say that? Because your best team at South Carolina is going to go, what, 4-8? and Yeah, very very well could. Well, I the time yeah i agree you, you shouldn't you probably shouldn't say that because it'll, it'll get thrown back at you which i did right <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why before the year i actually slid south carolina farther i thought they on 
on their overall team talent that they would be ahead of Tennessee. But I, I, I kept staring at that schedule and I, I just couldn't find enough conference wins. So in, you know, in a, in a tiebreaker, I, I had Tennessee ahead of South Carolina and, um, and it looks like it'll be a bigger difference than that. But uh, it, to me, the, he felt like some of these games that they've lost, you know, Tennessee, he probably thought he was going to win that game and, you know, one or two others. Even if you're not going to be a challenger in the East, he probably felt like he could shock some people and make his way through. And the amazing thing is, is they, they had that George game. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. having this kind of season after tagging Georgia with their own, with their only loss. Yeah, they rested on their laurels because they haven't had a good game since. I know they beat Vanderbilt, but they've lost four of their last five since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they've got that open date to get ready for Clemson. They do. That's so going to help them. They're going to shock the world a second time. <laughs> then they're going to argue they deserve a spot in the college football playoff. <laughs> I thought Helensky would be a little bit better than he is. He's had some moments, yeah. But I thought he would play better than he has. Uh, and he's got a he's got a decent weapon in uh, in Edwards, a mm-hmm. wide receiver. He's a good football player. Uh, the running game they've had two good, two pretty good running backs. I know one has been hurt for part of the year, but uh, I, I guess I think there's still the chance that South Carolina could part ways with Muschamp if Clemson embarrasses them. Yeah, I think the wear and tear on Helensky has been really cumulative and uh, and has weighed on him he just looks so battered at the end of the georgia game that you know he, he can't be 100 percent. but also you have the growing library of what you can do tennessee did such a good job of rattling his cage that uh i i think a lot of teams have found a way to do that and that's you know it's a shame because he he put up some really good numbers at the start but i also think vince that it's only a matter of time in most instances that teams will catch up to a true freshman and just their approach. Yeah, because there were times initially where he looked like an upgrade to Bentley mm-hmm. because he was protecting the ball better. He looked composed for being a, still a teenager, whereas Bentley at times would put the ball in, in harm's way and try to do too much. But now you see some of the same things in Helensky where he's pressing, he's making uh, ill-advised throws, and like you said, he's getting beat up and battered, and that impacts the the way you play and your accuracy. So um, there there's some other things that he need to fix. They have individual talent that you will see in the National Football League. Uh, you know, obviously they put Debo Samuel in the league last year. I, he is developing really nicely. I thought he would be the NFC Rookie of the Year this year. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I, he's not that good yet, but I the, he I really thought that was a great fit for him, and they would have a need at wide receiver, and they do, even with Emmanuel Sanders. And the, the Brian Edwards is going to play in the league, and I think mm-hmm. do, do very well. Uh, Kinlaw is another guy. He has a little bit of clowny in him in that he has got an um, unbelievable NFL body, and when he wants to, he can dominate. But against Tennessee and some other teams – kind of disappears also. So, it, it, and look, Clowney's been able to make a, a career out of that too. So they have individual talent, just not deep enough. We'll get a break. A final segment with Vince Ferrara coming up as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. From the Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? This is Sports Radio, WNML.
final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk, a final segment with Vince Ferrara. Vince, give me your analysis of Tennessee, Missouri. What do you think? Well, I think Tennessee is going to win. Uh, just like I had hesitation for Missouri to suddenly find themselves just because they're going back home. I didn't see it. I know the defense has played well. They have the number one pass defense in the SEC, one of the better statistical defenses in the league. But the offense has been an issue. Kelly Bryant, I know they've had some other injuries, a wide receiver running back. And Kelly Bryant, even though he returned, just not really effective. I listened a little bit of the Missouri broadcast uh, and and uh, this weekend when I was on the road, and the, even they were getting on Kelly Bryant because he back out of the pocket, and he has a, a too frequent, too, too often, instead of stepping up in the pocket, looking through his progressions, throwing down the field like he should, like a quarterback does, he'll back out. Plus, they do a lot of underneath stuff. I, I think especially if Bryce Thompson's there for Tennessee, like the way Tennessee is tackling. They, I think they'll do a good job against a, a lot of those short, the short passing game for Mizzou with Bryant not playing his best ball and Missouri not playing well. I like Tennessee to win that game, and I think this is a very important game. I, I, I wouldn't feel very comfortable if I'm a Tennessee fan if Tennessee doesn't win this game and then they need that Vanderbilt game to become bowl eligible and now you have that pressure on you and you give Vanderbilt something they can gnaw on all week to get them motivated and rise up and make their season to keep Tennessee from being bowl eligible. Not saying they would be successful. I'm just saying you want to just kind of squash that while you can. Uh, man, it, it, if, if Tennessee was to lose these last two games, we're going to go right back to all of the angst and anger that we had earlier in the year. I don't see that happening. I think because Tennessee is so much more competitive at the line of scrimmage and their defense is so much better than they were a year ago. I don't see that happening. I think Tennessee will take care of a business against Missouri, probably a little bit lower scoring game, but uh, I like Tennessee to win. Folks can look forward to uh, your picks for the NFL as well as the Southeastern Conference. That'll be coming up as part of Vince's views on your blog. And, of course, you've got Vincenzo's views with your podcast that they can look forward to as well. Vince, always appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow night from the scoreboard. That's right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. That's Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Hyams. Coming up, hour number three of Sports Talk. It starts with Mark Pankratz as we talk Tennessee, SEC, and college hoops. That's next on 99.1 The Sports Animal.